0: This February 22nd edition of the Post Buzzer podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Dyer, and I will be covering a variety of both basketball and football from GHC all the way up to the professional level. This is a reminder that the Student Spin podcast is a sister media to the Six Mile Post newspaper at Georgia Highlands College in Rome, Georgia. The views in this podcast do not represent those of the Six Mile Post or Georgia Highlands College. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or through the Six Mile Post website. And first up today, I'm going to be doing a little roundup with all the GHC sports, which will entail talking about how the Lady Chargers will have their final home game this coming up Saturday against Central Georgia Technical College at 2 p.m. before heading to South Georgia Technical College for the GCAA tournament, where they are currently in third place. The Chargers basketball team, Will host South Georgia State College tomorrow night at 6 p.m. The Lady Chargers softball team drops to 1 and 11 on the season after they draw, 2 of 3 last weekend. And they'll have games this upcoming weekend as they travel to Motlow State Community College on Friday. And the Chargers baseball team. Is sitting at 9 and 4 and we will be at the Rome Brave Stadium again this weekend facing off against Wallace State Community College, Hantsville, and Chattahoochee Valley Community College Friday at 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. Then another doubleheader Saturday, also at the Rome Brave Stadium against Chattahoochee Valley Community College at 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. And now we switch over to talking about the NBA Trade that happened earlier this week I was a super big fan of was the Russell Westbrook trade or the Russell Westbrook signing over to the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that this move is one that puts the Clippers in a very good spot right now. They were already top four in the West. I had concerns as to if they could get past Denver, if they could hold up against the Mavericks and the Grizzlies come playoff time. But I think that this move to get Russell Westbrook puts them over the line of at least two of those three teams. I don't know if it puts them quite on the same page as the Nuggets. But the reason I love this trade so much is the Clippers needed a ball handler. Clippers needed somebody that could hold the ball for 20 seconds of the shot clock that wasn't named Kawhi Leonard and wasn't named Paul George. Plus, he's an excellent upgrade compared to Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, and John Wall, who've all started games against various teams for the Clippers this season. And I think that offensively this opens them up tremendously because now Russell Westbrook has a chance to really show himself again and show that he's not some washed up guy that people think that he is. And, and the big thing is Russell Westbrook has been super big about being able to get to the rim, being able to finish with contact. But when he was with the Lakers, the Lakers didn't really have any shooters that they could put outside. So, Westbrook was kind of in a weird spot with the Lakers, especially with LeBron being there, because LeBron and Russell Westbrook are both one of those players that I say have to have the ball to be able to showcase their talents. You have a lot of people with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Kevin Durant, to name a few of them, are really good at also being off-ball people offensively. So Russell Westbrook kind of opening up that offense, being able to get into the lane and then kick it out to find open shooters, which the Clippers do have. They've been a really good three-point team this year. And you get that kind of aggressiveness. You get that passionate guy that Russell Westbrook has always been about the sport of basketball. And that's one of the reasons that he's one of my favorite players in the NBA today is because I don't think you can find a player – currently in the NBA that is going to, especially a point guard, especially going to try and overpower his opponent more than Russell Westbrook will. And I re- I don't understand why people think this is a bad move. Um, maybe it's because he wasn't so good on the Lakers. But again, trying to play with LeBron, you need to understand that LeBron is going to be your primary ball handler the whole entire time that he's on that team. And then moving over, also in the NBA, is going to be over the All Star break Anthony Edwards making headlines by saying that basically NBA players should play in games and not rest, because what if this is a fan's only shot to see this player live and you're their favorite player, and you wind up sitting out this game? We've seen a lot of older players have this stance. Not really a lot of new guys have come out publicly about it, which I mean props to Anthony Edwards. He's started all 61 games for the Timberwolves this season. And... I mean, with that mentality of players, you have to admire it. But, again, there's a slim to none chance that any player in the league is going to want to play in 82 games this year. fact of the matter is there's only three people in Isaac Okoro, Jalen no- Noel, and, of course, Anthony Edwards, who's played in every single game that their team has played this season. And that's just kind of like how modern day NBA is. There's been a whole lot of adjustments. You go back 20 years, and there was a grand total of 46 players that wound up playing all 82 games for their season for their team that season. And that was just kind of like a mentality that players had back then, which was I'm going to play every single game that my team has to play. If you Look at it 10 years ago. That number dropped down to 28 people that played in all 82. But, again, you had 45 players that wound up playing at least 81, just only missing one game the whole entire season compared to now, as I said, three players out of 450 were 61 games in. That's 0.006% of all NBA players that have played in every game that their team has played this season. So I think that the NBA can really approach this in two different ways. I think that they can say, hey, try and give us at least like a schedule on when you want to sit out. So that you can at least announce it and we can tell fans, especially on road games, because when you're traveling in the NBA. You play every team at home and you play every team on the road at least one time. So say you have a game like the Hawks and the Lakers, for example, if LeBron James wound up sitting out that one game that the Lakers visited the Hawks, then Those Hawks fans that also like LeBron James or those LeBron James fans that live in the state of Georgia really don't have another option on trying to see LeBron James in person. And again, the schedule thing, kind of letting them know what they have to go beforehand, I don't really think is something that could work with the NBA. I think that the best way to solve it would be to attack it as you can set out games, but try and make at least 90% of them home games. That way, the home fans, like if you're a Giannis Anta Tacumbo fan and you live in Milwaukee, you have 40 chances to see. Giannis within an NBA season whereas that away fan might only have that one game for the whole entire season to be able to see him now whether the NBA can really do that or not I just feel like that's a situation where it's getting worse and worse and worse players sitting out and I feel like that's the best way that the NBA has to deal with that situation and then Moving over to sports for the NFL, we have my offseason quarterback predictions. And first up, I'm going to say Derek Carr. He's probably the one that you've heard about the most. Everybody has him going really anywhere, but somehow, some way, they have negative two in cap. But I think that he winds up with the Jets somehow some way um he seems like he'd be a really good fit for the jets he's a veteran quarterback that the jets really need right now they're a quarterback away from being able to really at least make it to the second round of the playoffs you've had the development of Quentin Williams and you've had CJ Mosley really step up for the jets this past season and to get to that next level i think they need a quarterback that Again, is a veteran, and Carr—he's proven that he's a good quarterback in some areas, and I think that's enough for him to convince the Jets to say, "Hey, come and sign me." Uh, again, cap-wise, don't really know how it's going to work out, but they're, if they like him enough—which I think they do—they will make it work, and I think Carr is going to be in a Jets uniform next year. Lamar Jackson. A lot of people have had him going to the Falcons. I've talked about why the Falcons don't want to do that. Um, So I have him going to the Raiders. And I think that the Raiders desperately need a quarterback in terms of their only option right now is the quarterback from Auburn that started the last – two games for the Raiders this past season when they benched Derek Carr. And he's not the guy for Oakland. Um, So they're going to be looking for a quarterback. And a lot of people talk about them trying to take Will Levis in the draft with their seventh pick. But uh, I just don't think that they should try and put – all that weight offensively on a rookie quarterback. I think that you're going to have to find you a quarterback that you're going to have to pay. And if you put Lamar Jackson and pair him with Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, they'd be one of the best trios in the NFL at that point. And then I have Aaron Rodgers staying on the Packers as much as Aaron Rodgers wants people to believe that he doesn't want to be on the Packers and he doesn't care. He wants to stay on the Packers team because there is not another team in the NFL that's going to pay him what the Packers are paying him right now. So he's going to, have to take a pay cut wherever he goes. Um, and fact of the matter is Packers really need a quarterback right now. They really fumbled the situation with Jordan Love this past season, not allowing him to play the second half, I think. Um, you had the Packers, who were not in a situation, make the playoffs at all, look like they were going to be dead weight around the middle of the season. Would have been a perfect opportunity for Jordan Love to step in and show the Packers what he has, see what they have going on, see if they need to take another quarterback or what they need to check into well, the Packers didn't do that. They let him play maybe a half against the Eagles and then put Aaron Rodgers in that very next week and let him finish out the season. So now the Packers have a situation where they have Jordan Love's contract coming up in two seasons, and they don't know what the hell to do with them. So they just royally messed up an opportunity there to – see if they could have gotten rid of Aaron Rodgers and got something out of it. Daniel Jones, he stays with the Giants. Um, Some people are saying he's asking for $45 million. That's not going to happen anywhere. And he and his agent is going to have to realize that. I think that he could sign somewhere for $25 to $30 million. I think that he stays with the Giants with that. And I think that the Giants let Saquon Barkley walk instead of franchise tagging him. But if you're in the Giants situation right now, you just made the playoffs, you were expected to be bottom five team this year in the NFL. You go, you make the playoffs this past season, there is no way in hell that I let both my starting quarterback and my starting running back, walk the season after, making the playoffs, especially the way that the Giants did, surprising everybody. So I think that the Giants find out a way to work out a contract with Daniel Jones, and they wind up having to part ways with Saquon Barkley because they're going to have to choose one of the two to keep. And last quarterback on my projections, Jimmy Garoppolo. Surprisingly enough, I think that the quarterback room over there in San Francisco, they're fine with having Trey Lance, and they're fine with having Brock Purdy as a backup. They might even start Brock Purdy and have Trey Lance as a backup, but they're not going to feed out another contract to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that has me sending him to his old friend, Bill Belichick, in New England. He knows that system from being Tom's backup when he started his career there. I know Belichick isn't really a fan of going and grabbing quarterbacks from free agency or anything like that. But I think that the combination of those two could mesh very well. Um, Patriots need a quarterback, Bailey's that, and – Mac Jones just are not it for the Patriots at the moment. Uh, They had, what I'm going to say, the worst offense in the NFL. The only team that could possibly even compete with that one would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, again, 49ers are not going to spend the money that Jimmy Garoppolo wants on a contract. I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is good. He's a good quarterback. In the NFL, he could get paid okay. Uh, the Patriots have the cap space to pay a quarterback. And they have the defense to where you can bring in a quarterback that doesn't necessarily need to win games. They just need to be there to put up enough points to where they can win games. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is very good role quarterback for that. And with that, I say goodbye on this episode of the post budget podcast and i'll see you guys next week